Hey, Business Building Warrior, it's Jim. I've got another great episode today with a guest. Today is one of our coaches joining me on the podcast episode. And her name is Jessica Buchanan. She's a young married lady who used to work in full-time ministry and now works full-time in her Amazon business and has grown an incredible business and also is coaching a good handful of our students as well. She's been on the coaching team about a year now. Her husband still works full-time, but helps out a ton in the business, and it's going really well. They've built a very healthy multiple five-figure business with a great profit margin, and the sky's the limit from here. Some of the things that stood out from our interview that you're about to hear today from me as we went through it was they've got multiple income streams. They're using multiple platforms. They're selling some products on Facebook Marketplace. We share some great tips for that today. They're using some eBay and some other things as well in the works with Walmart. I also enjoyed how she intentionally celebrates victories. She's got some cool things to share today on how she stays motivated with her and her small team. They actually work from their home. They've got people that come into their home. They've just bought a new house with this exciting season that they're in. They had to expand a little bit. So they've got people that come into their house, into their basement with an external exit, kind of come and go, work downstairs, Pretty cool arrangement that they've got growing a business. I think you're going to appreciate as well her weekly schedule. She's on a very disciplined, here's what I do Mondays, here's what I do Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And she shares in great detail exactly how she's mapped this out. So I think what you're given today, if you listen to this episode, is a blueprint for how this business can be done. And she says in her own words, it's work. It's not easy. But if you do the work, here's the results you can expect. And she just throws the doors wide open on exactly how this business model works and why she loves it so much. And like I said, she is a coach on our team. So if you find yourself resonating with what it is that she's saying and you want to work with her or one of the other great coaches on our team, I'd encourage you to go to silentgym.com, click on the coaching link, set up a call on our calendar, have a conversation with one of our consultants and see if coaching is a good fit for you. If nothing else, we'll leave you better than we found you, give you some good tips and advice give you a shove in the right direction for the other resources that are out there. But coaching just might be a great fit for you. I think especially after you've heard from Jessica and heard from her heart, that might be something that you're going to consider. Look over my notes real quick, see if there's anything else that I've left out or need to mention before we jump over there. I don't think so. So all the resources and links, anything that we're going to mention in the show today will be in the comments near this audio or video, you can go jump in and look at those so you don't have to write notes furiously. We've put all those links handy for you in the show notes today. And without any further updates for you, let's jump over and get Jessica on the line. So Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Great to have you. First time guest. You've been a coach with us for a while, like I said. So let's jump right into this. I want to hear your story. Yeah, absolutely. So we started our e-commerce journey in August of 2019. Honestly, we were in a major life transition. Previously, I had worked at a marketing agency for several years. And then even um, I had been in ministry for the last seven years. And we were moving because my husband's job was in a transition. And we were moving to North Carolina, which we were really excited about. But Where were you I- going from? From Florida. From Florida to North Carolina. Okay, that's a bit of a change. Yeah. So we were going from summer all the time to real four seasons, which is awesome. (laughs) 
Yeah, we love, we love North Carolina. In that transition, I really started to think about what do I want to do and, and how do I want to spend my time? You know, as a family, we have been dreaming about for a long time, what would it look like to have an income that was scalable and an income that would maybe provide a foundation for us to experience financial independence one day. But we didn't know tangibly what that looked like or how we were going to pursue that. So Honestly, I was just dreaming and thinking and coming up with ideas. And I was also applying for very normal jobs in that season, just trying to figure out what my best next step was. And during that season, I heard from a a friend, Ben Horton. If you haven't listened to Ben's podcast yet, you definitely should. I'll put that in the show notes. I'll I'll look that up. You don't happen to know what episode that was, do you? I don't off the top of my head. I'll look it up and stick it in the notes. That would be great. So Ben called me and he just started to tell me about what he was learning about through this community, through Facebook, through the PAC course. And he was embarking on coaching as a student himself. And so he just shared a little bit with me and encouraged me to listen to the podcast. And I did. And then I gave him a call back and we had a much more in-depth conversation about the opportunities in e-commerce. So that was so helpful. And when was this for the timeline? It was right at the beginning, maybe sometime that summer, June or July, 2019. Okay. Okay. Not that long ago as we're recording, we're coming up on, as we're recording this Christmas 2021 and uh, just help people kind of put a little timeline together of how quickly things can kind of progress in this business. So great job so far. Love the story. So you said you were in ministry. I'm a little curious too. This is just more for my personal curiosity. Was that like a full-time ministry position you and your husband had? And what what did you guys do? So I was on staff at a church as a children's ministry director for most of those seven years. And Justin was, he was part of it, but not as a paid staff member. He is a full-time dentist actually, but he served a ton as a part of my children's ministry team. I gotcha. So he's a dentist. Is he still practicing? He is. Gotcha. Okay. And are you still in North Carolina? Mm -hmm, We are. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. I'm caught up now. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. So yeah, so from there, I just did a ton of learning. Those those next few weeks, I just dived into listening to a lot more podcast episodes, you know, trying to learn little bits and pieces of pack. And I ended up purchasing Profit First for e-commerce sellers. I read that, which was incredibly helpful. And then I think the most important thing was I took action. And I think that's where I see a lot of people get stuck because there's so much to learn. There's there's so much information out there about how to do this well. And you're never going to stop learning. I was learning about something new this morning that I've never learned about. So that's definitely a part of the journey, but you have to implement that and take action. So I think pretty quickly I set up my LLC. I got a federal EIN number. I just continued to learn. And then I started scanning things around my house and reverse sourcing things around my house. And that was helpful just for me to feel the flow of what does it look like to use the Amazon seller app? How do I determine the ROI of a product or the profitability of the product and make good buying decisions? That's great. Now you just used a term I want to revisit, Jessica. Because I think some of the listeners may not know what you just said when you say reverse sourcing. Explain to us what that is. 
So reverse sourcing is when I am looking at a product that I want to see if I can sell on Amazon. Instead of scanning the barcode or taking a picture of the product, I'm going to put in the keywords that I would use to describe the product. So if it is a Conair hairbrush that is pink, I'm going to type that in, Conair hairbrush pink, and see what comes up as potential listings to sell the item on instead of scanning a barcode. Perfect. Well done. Yeah, there's so many creative ways to find products. And and now are you primarily replens? We do a lot of replens, but we also do a lot of clearance. So we currently do a lot of retail arbitrage and online arbitrage, and we have a few wholesale accounts. And we do a lot of replens, but we still do a lot of clearance too. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Well, keep this story going, just painting a clearer picture yeah. as we go here. This is great. Absolutely. So I just, like I said, we jumped in fully into retail arbitrage at that point. Once I got my feet wet, you know, trying things around our house, I think I was able to put together 14 or 15 things that I was actually able to send in to FBA. So I learned the whole process of what does it look like to prep and ship products and send in an FBA shipment. And that was great practice for me. And I still remember selling our first first item. That's always a really big deal. Do you remember Um, what it was? I do. It was a book. We moved a lot of books in that those first that first FBA shipment. And so it was a book that we sold. Very cool. Yeah. Well, keep the story going. One of the things I want to transition to as well as uh, at whatever point you're comfortable in your story is you're a coach on our team. You've coached about a dozen people at this point. We have about 30 coaches and you're one of them. And Unfortunately for me, I'm kind of admitting to everybody right now, I don't know all of you as well as I wish I did because in so many cases, we're growing so much so fast that I haven't had lengthy conversations with, with some of you. And, and you're kind of on that list of people. I'm, I'm kind of getting to know you <laughs> as the listeners are today, which is great for me. But I want to hear as we learn more about you as well, some of these students, maybe some of the stories that stand out, what kind of things are you teaching them? Maybe some wins or victories or, or maybe some trends that you see even having coached a handful of students now that you can share with us. So I want to get onto that too, just, but yeah. take it from here. You're doing great. I'm, I'm love just listening and learning from you. Yeah. So 2019 ended really well. We, we only did five months of sales, but it was incredible and we learned a lot. And I was really impressed with what we were able to accomplish by the end of the year. But then we went into 2020 with new goals, a new outlook, a much better expectation of, of what we wanted to do and what we hope to accomplish. And when I say we, I'm talking about my husband, although he is a full-time dentist, he's very active in our business and helps me dream up things and problem solve and analyze numbers and data. So he plays a really important role in our I was, business. I was going to ask, it sounds like he's, does he work full-time then? He does. He does. This is your kind of your thing after when he's home weekends together, evenings kind of thing you do together. Yeah. Like yesterday, I had some numbers set aside that I was like, hey, when you get home, I would love to chat about these numbers. I'm either missing something or would just love your input on why you think you know this is happening. And he's so good at that sort of thing. What, way better than I am. So I definitely lean into his strength there. That's great. Love seeing couples do this together. It's not always the case. And it's not always bad if it's not the case. But in the cases where they are doing it together, it seems like there's always this complimentary set of mm-hmm. talents. God knows what he's doing when he puts this together with people who uh, aren't like us, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. Thank- thankfully. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, well, okay. So- I, I'm enjoying this. So how's this last year gone? Or, you know, I guess we've got a, in a year and a half plus to cover actually in the timeline, you know, keep it going and wherever you want to go with it. I'm, I'm still learning and enjoying. Just keep going. 
Well, we learned a ton in 2020. It was obviously a crazy year because of COVID and, um, you know, tremendously sad in some ways. And then also I, I left 2020 with a lot of gratitude because Justin was furloughed for some of 2020 as a dentist. Oh, right. And so with that, he was able to, to be home and to help even more with the business. And he really helped push me out of my comfort zone. And I think we grew a lot together. And so some of the things that we learned in that season were one, I had had some great advice early on that was don't spend too much on operating costs, especially on apps and subscriptions, because it will affect your ability to be profitable faster. And I still think that that is really wise advice, but I think I probably took it too far. So Justin was able to really help me see that there was margin to purchase some operating expenses that were going to be able to help us move further faster. So, you know, we developed a system for creating a shopping list and developed or an organization to check in online product and all of those systems that we implemented made us so much better at what we were doing. So I always encourage people whenever you can create an efficient way or a system to do something so that you don't have to put the energy or the mind work into figuring it out every time, you should do that. Yeah. Creating systems. That That's a whole other topic I'm passionate about. And um, I love what you just said. It just popped into my head as you were talking about kind of trimming all the fat, no software, no tools, no anything, and just plowing forward. And I think we've discovered as a community kind of what the cap is if you just decide to go that route. Did you happen to see Oscar Matumbo's presentation at the virtual event we did? I haven't watched ago? it yet, only because Justin wants to watch it with me. So we've been waiting for an evening for us to watch it together. That's great. Well, you'll enjoy it. One of the things that, you know, and he's even challenging himself. He's like, I've got to start buying more tools, but he only uses, he was a coaching student of ours and he only uses Keepa, which is a few dollars a month. And the free Amazon seller app, <laughs> you know, Seller Central, that's it. And he's got a $1.2 million business, he and his wife working it together. That's, that's the cap though. It, it, that's kind of like, that's full out hustle mode, trim the fat, what can be done with the model we teach. And he's ripe for implement, like he takes a written shopping list to the store, right? Like <laughs> that's how hardcore no tools he is, wow. but it shows you what's possible. So as you start to add in these tools, you can justify rev seller or inventory lab and you know some of these other tools that make life easier. And, and the other thing that came to mind as you were talking to Jessica, is you said you've kind of got your own system for shopping, checking in inventory. Talk us through that a little bit. And if you're brand new, we might lose you in the weeds a little bit here the next couple of minutes, but I think there's enough listeners who are also in that segment of their business or that that uh, season where they could use some pointers and tips. Like how do you guys do it differently? And, and you hear from different people who do it different ways, but what is your process there? Describe that to us. Absolutely. So I have... I've created my own process and implemented what I've learned from others. And that's the other thing I'll say is lean into this community. You know, we we hung out with Emily and Adam Brusso a couple of weeks ago and they shared something with me that they were doing that changed the way that I make my shopping list. So so how do we make our shopping list? We use Replen Dashboard as a software tool at this point. It allows us to really, especially because we do a decent amount of replens and clearance, it allows us to differentiate between those two sets of items and create a shopping list that's solely based on our replens. So we're not looking at those clearance items every week and wasting time and energy on them when we know they might've been one-time purchases. 
So we lean into that and then we export Replen dashboard and we utilize some of the information that actually Amazon gives us in terms of replenishment recommendations. And although I don't go nearly as far as they suggest, I still use it as for planning. So if they're telling me to buy 30 of something and my last 30 days of sales reflect 10, then maybe I'll bump it to 16 or 17, somewhere there in the middle so that I'm not going so deep as they're recommending, but hopefully I'm sending in more that's allowing more inventory to get to more fulfillment centers and give me the buy box more often. Yeah. You're talking right on Seller Central. Amazon will say, hey, you need to send more of this product in. Pay attention to those suggestions. And yeah, you're right. Sometimes they're very aggressive. Like, hey, you need to send in 300 units of this. And like, ah... I don't think I want eight months of inventory sitting in your house. Thanks. But Definitely appreciate not. the heads up that this thing's moving and uh, pay attention to that. Yeah, this free ways. So do you guys have a uh, spreadsheet? We do. We, mm-hmm, we use a spreadsheet. We use it digitally because we have, I was going to tell you, we have a team. So we have two shoppers right now on our team. And so we use the spreadsheet. We just export it into Google Drive. That way everyone has access to it and everyone can edit it on the go as they're making purchasing decisions. That's great. So they so you can shop in real time. That's that's similar probably to the system that our team uses. We've got, I think, eight at any given time of us that could go out and shop and we've got our own columns on the sheet and we can kind of see who's bought what, what do we still need? It's updated daily. So it's a pretty slick system that allows all of us to kind of flexibly work when we can at the tasks that we have uh, to do as a, as a team. So two shoppers, are they full-time shoppers? They are both part-time. So we have five team members. They're all part-time right now. And two of them focus primarily on prep and ship, two focus on shopping, and then one person helps with admin stuff. They upload new items to our automated repricer. They create all of our eBay and Facebook listings. They do some of those things to help us moving forward. eBay and Facebook, another interesting path we could wander down a little bit, I imagine, right? So let's plan on doing that too. So we've got two little pinned notes over here. We want to hear about your coaching students and some lessons. We want to hear about eBay and Facebook too, Facebook Marketplace, what you're doing there and and uh, how profitable and how that's working out for you. But uh, all right, so keep going. We're kind of in the middle of 2020, learning a lot of lessons. Your husband's yeah. home now, completely furloughed, right? Yeah. And you guys are doing the business together. So hey, how did it go that year? So great. I love, first of all, having him home was so unexpected, but so wonderful. We got to spend so much time together, which I know a lot of people in this business get to do anyway. You know, they have the the joy of getting to work with their spouse, but having him home, even for just a short season was really nice. And so he's really great at sourcing. So he sourced both in store and online with me. He helped with prep and ship and it was phenomenal. I tell my coaching students this, it's, it's a little silly, but I think it's important that we set goals and then that we celebrate them. And so one thing that Justin and I implemented while he was home was whenever we found a new online replens to test, we rang a bell. And it became this really silly, fun way to celebrate that one of us had a new win. And so whatever you can do like that to implement and just create momentum and energy for yourself or for your team, is it can really help. That comment right there. I've been doing this 20 years. And... I don't think I've ever had anyone state as succinctly as you just did how important that is. And I think that's a whole other topic, especially during times when there's not a whole lot to celebrate. (laughs) Just kind of having those, you know, and it's actually a biblical concept. I mean, you look at the number of celebrations that the Israelites were supposed to have. It's like the month of September, like you just basically take the whole month off. It's it's this celebration and this (laughs) memorial of, of, you know, uh, whatever, you know, feast and... 
Uh, we just don't do that enough, I don't think, sometimes. So that is a great tangible reminder for people. Do something. And I love the uh, even the visual and the audible you know, significance of that. That's a great idea. It's almost like we need to come up with a uh, replens bell that we can <laughs> give That's to our good. new coaching students or something. That really resonated with me. I like it. Because sometimes we internally celebrate it and there's no external... I don't know... What's the word I'm looking for? External symbol of what it is we've achieved. So the family can't really participate together right. in those moments. That's great. Another thing that we did was early on, we decided that one way to like track our success was to have a weekly shopping goal. And so I created a chart that lived on our fridge. And every day I would add up all my receipts and I would fill in the chart as much as I had purchased. You know, so if I had purchased a thousand of the 5,000, I would fill it up to a thousand. And then that was another way that was sort of like a public display to our family of this is where we are and, and an opportunity to celebrate That's um, awesome. that goal. So you guys have kids. No, we don't. Just me and Justin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that you call the two of you a family because it absolutely is a family. You don't need kids to be a family. I mean, they're kind of temporary guests anyway, right? <laughs> if you're doing it right. <laughs> so that's awesome. So you you put it on the fridge with a the thermometer. It reminds me, again, another Oscar, he'll say he'll go out with a number in his head on a, like on a Tuesday morning. I'm going to spend $3,000 today. I'm not coming home till I have. And he goes out and finds replens and finds new ones and finds inventory and doesn't come home till he's like, sometimes I'm done by five. Sometimes I'm out till 11. I do what it takes. Wow. We Uh, still live in, I mean, we still live and die by that a little bit. That has transitioned into what I call now our weekly goal sheet. So I, instead of thinking, you know, waking up on Monday morning and saying, what am I going to do this week? I've sort of figured out a schedule for what I need to accomplish on Mondays and Tuesdays and what days I need to shop in store or shop online. And each of those shopping days has a goal and I don't stop until I hit my goal. And like you said, it might be early in the day or it might be later, but occasionally I run into a space issue in my car, you know, where I'm like, well, there's nowhere else to put anything. (laughs) And so I have to go home anyway, but it really helps to just drive you to get to whatever that goal is that you're trying to reach. Yeah. If you could break it down in its shortest possible fashion, we could dive into it more if if it's interesting to do so. But what is that weekly schedule? Yeah. So Monday mornings, I do my payroll, mostly because it's very energizing to know that I'm serving my team in that way. So it's a good thing for me to wake up and do on Monday morning. So I run my payroll on Monday morning and then I go shopping. So Monday is a full on in-store shopping day. And the goal is that I'm picking up both new replens and old replens, as well as seeing if there's anything good on clearance. And then on Tuesdays, I do another full in-store shopping day. And those are long days. I travel sometimes up to an hour away and I can be gone for as long as 10 to 12 hours, just depending again on space and how long it takes for me to reach my goal. Wednesdays is an office day for me. So I'm here with my prep and pack team just to check in with them, invest in them, see what's going on in their world. And then while I'm doing that, I'm also doing online replens, buying in. Is that in your house? It is. Yeah. So, so that's something I wanted to share for a majority of our journey. Up until July of this year, we lived in a tiny house (laughs) that was 1,200 square feet, and we did a ton of business in our little bitty house with a team. We had three employees that worked in in our little home with us, so we did a lot to make that functional. We actually ended up getting rid of some furniture. We put shelves all around our dining room. We moved our guest bedroom to the center of the room. We moved the bed into the center of the room, and we covered it with like a a table 
tabletop so that it could be a work surface. It became a workstation. It did. That's awesome. <laughs> and so almost our whole house, except for our kitchen and our bedroom was work. And it was very functional. And so I do encourage students and, and everyone listening that you can do this regardless of the space that you have. You can make it work. And I learned to love working at home. So at the beginning of this year, when we were setting our goals for 2021, one of our goals was to find a better space that would allow for more balance in our personal life. Because what we did find was that if a shipment didn't get done on Friday night, we had to finish it on Saturday morning in order to have a normal rest of the weekend. Yeah, so, to walk from the living room to the kitchen, you had to get a shipment out, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so we moved into a new home and we purchased the home with the intent of the basement being used for the business. And so our basement is completely dedicated workspace. It has so much more room to prep and pack and store product that were merchant fulfilling. And the beauty is that my team can come and go, UPS can come and go. And on Friday, I can walk upstairs and close the door and work can be done for the weekend. Oh, great. Does it have its own uh, external entrance? Employees can show up early if they want and not wake you up on a <laughs> Monday And morning. they do. They're amazing. They That's come and go so whenever they want. great. Yeah. I love it. What a cool story. And I love the way you start your week. We're going to get back. We haven't talked about Thursday and Friday yet, but uh, <laughs> I love the way you start your week by writing checks. It reminds me of uh, another coach on our team, Abe McMahon who said very well with a lot of emotion on his podcast episode, like that is why he does this. He's, he's paying people and that's the favorite check he ever writes is, you know, I think my least favorite check I ever write is when I have to pay taxes. Like, man, there's a lot of money going out the door. But my favorite checks to write are those people on our team, you know, paying you as a coach or paying a content creator or paying someone else at, the, at our warehouse, you know, shipping and prepping product. Those are fun checks to write. It's like, I'm creating opportunity. This is so fun. Absolutely. It is fun. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Well, if we finished with Wednesday, right? That's where we left off. So Thursday is a source and store with the idea that I'm not going to pick up any replans. So I'm going in with, you know, a little bit of my hands tied behind my back. Like I'm trying not to go get those things that I know I'm, I'm very used to and accustomed to picking up and trying to look at everything through a fresh lens of what is here that I haven't sourced yet. What can I find? What can I bundle that maybe we haven't listed or haven't sourced yet? So I go so that's in... finding new products. Do you typically go out to do that? Or do you stay home to research? Or is there a pattern there? I typically do half day one and half day the other. So I'll go okay. out in the morning and do in-store and then come home in the afternoon and do online. Hmm. A whole day for that. That's mm -hmm. great. How long have you been doing it that way? A long time. My weekly goal sheet doesn't change very often. Usually just the, the monetary goals increase. Sure. That's fascinating. Have you taught anyone else to do that? Yeah. Um, that you know yeah. 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 I mean, I think a lot students. of my, my coaching students, they implement their own weekly goal sheet. So I yeah. usually give them one to start with and I encourage them to mold and adjust it to fit their life and their schedule and their goals. Yeah. I really like it because it's, it kind of forces you and I could tell as you were describing it, like if you didn't have the discipline, like that's the day I do this, mm -hmm. you could very easily drift into, okay, there's a bunch of replans we need. And I just walk right past them or here's some to-do items. I got it. Like, no, you're disciplined on that. It's almost the same discipline that I imagine that I, that I need in order to pick up a new book that I've been meaning to get to. That takes time. It takes concentration. I could very easily just focus on improving all the stuff I'm already doing and justify it. But no, I need to be planting seeds for the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Growing, spending time that might turn out to have felt like a kind of a wasted day. 
mm-hmm. at times, it's like, I just read through that book and I don't know if I got anything from it or not. Was that a waste of time? No, you've got to have that time to explore, to try new things, to research. Sometimes you find gold, sometimes you don't, but it's, it's vital. So you build a whole day for that. I love yeah. it. And I have good days and bad days. Like you said, there exactly. are days that I go in and it's the unpredictable day of the week. Absolutely. And it's easy and I'm picking up lots of things. And then days that it's really, you know, I'm really having to stretch myself and, and really focus on that mentality of staying positive, even when I don't have anything in my cart yet. Beautiful. I love it. Great schedule. Probably the most disciplined replens weekly business schedule I've ever heard. Very few people even have one. So it really helps. That's fantastic. I think a lot of people will enjoy that. Okay. So what's Friday about and Saturday? Friday's admin day. So Friday, I just catch up on emails. I do tax things. I, you know, go in and make sure all of our expenses and income is right and um, follow up with people and check on my team. So Friday's just admin. It's almost like each day of the week has its own theme word, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It definitely does. That's beautiful. And then and what's your approach to Saturdays? I don't, I try not to work on Saturdays. Gotcha. Not you take not, the weekends off. Yeah. Most of the time. What's great about this, you know, this business and the way that we run it is that sometimes that means that we may have a long weekend, the weekend before or the weekend after. And that means that we pick up a Saturday to make up for that day so that we could have three or four days off the next week. And you can sort of adjust and modify that as you need to. That's fantastic. Hey, sorry for the interruption. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but I wanted to throw in a quick reminder about our fantastic sponsor, Payoneer. That's P-A-Y-O-N-E-E-R. Payoneer.com slash funding. Up to $750,000 without a credit check. If you're an Amazon or Walmart seller, great terms. Go check out what they have to offer our community. If you're trying to grow your business and the thing holding you back is capital, they're a great place to look to solve that problem fast. Very flexible repayment terms as well, which is super cool. Payoneer.com. Check them out, guys. Back to the show. That means that we may have a long weekend, the weekend before or the weekend after. And that means that we pick up a Saturday to make up for that day so that we could have three or four days off the next week. And you can sort of adjust and modify that as you need to. That's fantastic. Okay. Well, we've, we've got a couple topics to revisit to kind of go back through a little bit, unless you got anything else that you want to go over before we move forward. I want to hit the, uh, the eBay Facebook thing and see yeah. what you're doing there, how you manage that. And also talk about the, um, uh, what was the other one? Coaching students. Let them there we go. Our 12 coaching students and some of the lessons from there. Good job. Thank you for keeping me on track. So with Facebook and eBay, that both of those started as avenues for us to recoup money on returns because we were getting returns from Amazon that mm-hmm. we weren't quite sure what to do with. And we wanted to be able to make some of our money back or even make a solid profit back on. So we started selling on eBay and Facebook as a means to do that and had a lot of success to the point where I was replensing things that were returns on eBay and Facebook because they were selling so well. So we continued to sell on them and we continue to sell returns on them. And occasionally we test our replens from Amazon on eBay to see how they'll do and, and to continue to run them consistently on eBay. So what's your system for Facebook Marketplace? Talk me through it a little bit. I've heard some interesting approaches. Like, do you have people pick it up off your porch and leave money in a box kind of thing? Yeah. So I, in a way to protect my own time, I don't meet people. I ask them to come and pick up. And so I just, I leave it on my porch and I ask them to pick up and they can either leave cash or Venmo me. 
That's fantastic. And for those who aren't familiar, they maybe think, wow, that sounds a little risky. You got to remember like Craigslist days, it was dicey. You couldn't, I wouldn't do that with Craigslist because you don't know who it is you're dealing with at all. And a lot of times it's scammers. But on Facebook Marketplace, it's local people and you see their profile. Mm -hmm. You see their kids, their dog, their house, their truck and... Like, okay, this person's a real person who lives in my community that's getting ready to come to my house and put $50 on the front porch while I'm not here and pick up the item. You know who they are. And Facebook makes it easy. They allow you to just repost in all the yard sale groups that are near you. So you can just easily send them out. And that feels even more community oriented. You know, some of them are as local as just my neighborhood, people that are Mm -hmm. coming from my neighborhood to come and pick up things. And we've never had an issue. You know, they they allow them to rate me as a seller and for me to rate them as a buyer. And so you can always peek at those ratings and see how everyone's doing. But thankfully, it's always been a very positive experience. How many transactions approximately would you say you've done on Facebook Marketplace at this point? This week (laughs) with Christmas, we've probably done 15. Oh, just okay. That's high for Significant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A couple of days, you know, that's, yeah. So you're really moving some product. One of my favorite Facebook Marketplace tips, I don't think we've ever shared it on the podcast. Just anytime the topic comes up, I like to let people know that when you list something for sale on Facebook Marketplace, there's an option where you can say, I don't want my friends to see this. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want my friends to know that mm-hmm. I'm selling my treadmill <laughs> because they're going to think that I'm not interested in exercise anymore and I don't want the drama, right? Or whatever. So you can say, all my friends, anyone who, who follows me on Facebook, they're not going to see this. Everyone else is though. Right. So you're selling it to a stranger if you're uncomfortable. So I, I can, that's kind of a cool feature. I think some people... It appreciate. is. Like, I don't we might whatever. have offloaded a few gifts that yeah. people have given us and because you can exactly. hide it. They don't even know. <laughs> yeah, that fourth blender your mother-in-law gave you, you don't want her to know that that was right. your fourth blender. So you can sell it to strangers. It's, it's a cool feature. I really like that. But It is. Awesome. And mm-hmm. you can ship through Facebook. They make it really easy to do shipping labels. So we ship a lot of Facebook items as well, just like eBay. Mm, that's really cool. So you're doing some some of that too. I haven't done any of that myself yet. Is that going pretty smoothly? It is. They ran a promotion earlier this year where you could use free shipping. And so we use that season to just test it out and to figure mm-hmm. out what that looked like long-term. And it's been great. We've definitely moved more by providing shipping. Beautiful. I know they're starting to crack down on drop shipping too. So don't don't see it as a way to go, but list a bunch of product and then buy it if it sells. Facebook doesn't like that, just like no one else does because they want the customers to actually get the product. But for that excess inventory, the stuff around the house you don't need. I mean, we've sold couches and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's, it's crazy how many people locally are interested on Facebook Marketplace. Don't ignore it. It's a great way to move that excess inventory. So are you more excited about eBay or Facebook Marketplace? If you had to get rid of one, which one would you get rid of? I'd probably get rid of Facebook just for the pickup. It's still easy, but it's nice to just ship things out every day with our FBA orders, which is all we do with eBay. So orders come in and we ship them out with our fulfilled by merchant orders with Amazon. Okay. So you are, yeah, you're listing products on eBay that are sitting in Amazon's warehouse. We actually don't do that. I'm sorry. I was just saying that every day we just sort of do all of those in one big group. So it's very systematic and easy for us to do them both simultaneously to do our Amazon orders and our eBay orders. But that is a great strategy that I know a lot of people use. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it done as long as uh, I think if it's stuff you're merchant fulfilling and you got a few extra, especially because uh, you got to watch your inventory levels. eBay doesn't like it when you sell something to somebody and you can't deliver. <laughs> Just like no one else does either. So you have to be careful with that. But on some merchant fulfill items, we do that where we have a, a pile of like 800 units and we're still on Amazon every day and eBay every day. 
And we probably should be selling on Facebook Marketplace too. It sounds like we need to go do that um, with some of our best sellers. So, all right, great stuff. Well, okay, that's the Facebook eBay topic, right? And let's talk about some of these coaching students and some of the stories that stand out to you. What's it, you know, what's it like to be a coach around here? It's great. I I have to say, I I haven't been a coach for very long, but this year I started coaching and I have absolutely loved it. Getting to invest in people personally, as well as to help them develop and grow their own business and their own source of income. It's it's incredibly rewarding and it energizes me for, for my own business and what I'm trying to do on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, you probably the same lesson from when you were a children's pastor sticks, you know, out to me because I did some youth work and children's ministry work. And I always remember thinking after I'd really prepared and poured myself into what it was I was doing, I think I just benefited way more than anybody in the room. Oh, <laughs> right? Because the preparation of the lesson and you're driving these things home. Mm-hmm. And so the benefit to you as a coach, and I've heard this from many of our coaches, is like the pay's nice and, and I love teaching, but man, I'm learning so much. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of what I hear you saying too, is it's sharpened you as well. Oh, and it held me accountable, you know, to never stop learning, to continue to learn and grow and, and find new streams of income and new ways that I can develop myself so that in turn, I can develop my students and, and give them more opportunities. That's fantastic. Well, tell us a story without outing anybody personally. You know, are there any stories that stand out or I didn't really prepare you at all? I mean, we just basically hit the record button today. So uh, is there anything that jumps out at you as maybe someone who's made some progress, what they did, what's working? Oh, absolutely. I mean, all of my students have made incredible progress. It's so fun to watch them and to journey alongside them. You know, I was a student at one point, and when I was a student, I had actually started coaching several months into my Amazon journey. Some of my students, you know, they're this is their first step is to to sign up for coaching. And so they are they're so green and so eager to learn. And so to come alongside them and be a part of the next season of of them building a business from literally nothing to something is incredible. So yeah, all of my students have just, they've done really well and it's fun to be a part of what, what they're doing. I'm trying to think of anything specific that stands out. I have one set of students who they have been working just so hard and, and just you can see it in them, like how hard they're working and how much time and effort and energy they're giving. And, and just, you know, for me to hop on a session with them and to hear about their wins, to hear about the fact that they found the amount of replans that they set up to find over the last week is, it's just fun to celebrate with them because I know that they're working so hard. You know, last week we hopped on a call and they had found, I had asked them to find 30 replans. They found 40. And so to celebrate that with them was just, it was, really special and I'm super Did you proud. ring the bell? <laughs> I should have. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so great. That might be a cool little gift. Maybe I, I really, that really stuck with me. I don't know if I'm nerding out too much about that. Or not, but it's such a cool <laughs> idea. You know, the, the celebrate the win. And it may not be just finding a new product. I mean, whatever that win is. Absolutely. Um, that's so great. Yeah. So you've been coaching with us. I should know this, but for how long? About a year. Okay. You're, you're about a year in. Very good. Yeah. And I think that illustrates too, for people who are listening, like, you know, what's this coaching program all about? And do I want to be part of this community, the culture they're building here? You're a great example. There's no one on our team that they coach for a living, right? You're running a busy business. You had 12 mm-hmm. students. You've been coaching with us for a year. You get about a student a month, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's pretty normal. 
Because if we sent you 12 students a week, suddenly you can't run your own business and you're just a full-time coach and you're kind of getting burnt out. But this allows you to build relationships with your students and to very organically, I think one out of those 12 or so will probably emerge as someone who says, I really like teaching. I, I like kind of that process that you've brought us through. Is there new? I could be part of that coaching team too. And we'd vet them and talk to them, have a conversation and send them a student and try it out and see how it goes. And uh, that that's how we find our our coaches. So if you were talking to somebody who's thinking about coaching, let's take a shot at maybe talking them into or talking the right person out of. Like we don't want the wrong people. It may it would make your life miserable if people who just aren't <laughs> positioned and prepared are calling up and like, okay, now what's this internet? You know, like who's the wrong person for this in your mind? And who's kind of the right person? And, and you know, just talk it through. There's no right or wrong answer here. I'm just curious, having worked with a handful of students now, what's your perspective on that? So for me, I think the best thing about our coaching program is that we 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 say and we believe that we will work with you until you're successful. And I think that's so valuable because I, you know, that is such a, a reassurance to a student who maybe they're struggling. You know, they're maybe on just session two, but they're struggling and they're worried, what if I can't do this? So to be able to tell them wholeheartedly, one, you can do this. I did this. So if I did it, you can do it. And two, I'm gonna help you. I'm going to help you get to that point. I know you're not there yet, but I'm going to help you get to that point. And we're going to, we're going to stick with you until you, you figure that out. And, and I think that that is just so reassuring for someone to hear who's just started their journey. And then in terms of what makes a great student, anyone who's just open to learning, you know, you don't have to know anything. You don't have to be prepared with anything, but as long as you have a willingness and an openness to learn, you're going to be a great student. Yeah, I completely agree. Willing to learn. And then I would just add on implement what it is, you know, because you could, it's easy to fill your head with knowledge and, I, and the shiny object syndrome. And even as a community, we offer multiple paths to success. But the one we start most people on is the business model you're using. And that is the, you know, the replens, maybe mix in some low hanging fruit, clearance item, arbitrage type activity that positions you then very well for just a, big number of other possibilities, which maybe is a good place to go next. Like where do you envision your business going? Yeah. What kind of things are you thinking about for the next year or two? Yeah. So for us, we're still finalizing our 2022 goals, but some of the things that we've been thinking and dreaming about, one, I just had a call um, with Nathan Bailey yesterday. So we're working on getting our trademark rolling so that we can start to sell the bundles that we're currently selling, as well as future bundles underneath our brand registry. So brand, yeah, proven brand, proven brand building.com, the whole bundling under your own brand name. Using brand registry, right? You talk, uh, so you're a humming hummingbird client now too. I'll stick that in the show notes. People don't know what that is. That's cool. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. I think that that's a huge opportunity that's out there to just have more listings and create more listings with less competition. So I'm super excited about that. We are currently selling on Walmart, but we really hope to expand our current Walmart offerings. So that's a big goal for us in 2022 is just to sell more than what we're selling um, currently on Walmart. And then we hope to increase our Amazon sales and our our take-home from, from all of our revenue streams. That's so great. And you guys are really... You, you strike me as very, uh, very disciplined, goal-oriented, structured... 
<laughs> and yeah. many of our, you know, most people, I would say, not just many, most just aren't that way. I think we could all benefit from having a little bit more of the influence from your personality type in our leadership community. We're much more fly by the seat of our pants. Hey, what are we going to try today? And, you know, throw out the game plan for the day. Let's do this instead. You know, that's, that's just kind of the, I don't know if it's my personality or just, I'd probably have used the excuse of things are always changing anyway. Why make a six month plan, right? Uh, it's kind of become an excuse, but you're very disciplined and goal oriented. You ring a bell when you find a replan and <laughs> you've got your week planned out. I'm not that way. And it works many different ways. But I think for those who are kind of thinking, man, is there a structure out there? Just a predictable study? Yeah, that's what you guys do. Very structured. Uh, so I think you're going to have a few, a few more than a dozen students here a few months from now. They're like, yeah, that's the person I want to work with. Jim's too scattered, but Jessica, I like, I get her. <laughs> like, and my coaching students will tell you that maybe I overwhelm them with structure. You know, I, I do. I, I want them to be successful. And so for me, that's sending them lots of tools and resources to help them create their own structure. Yeah. You know, something I think we could do just as I'm thinking through the different personalities, because you, there's many ways to get to the success, to climb that success mountain. Right. But the disc profile, the personality profile type of stuff. You know, I think you and I look very different on those charts, but the students who would try to work with me and be frustrated might be a perfect fit for you, for example, and vice versa. Like, man, all that structure. Like, I don't care what I'm going to be doing next Tuesday. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It depends on how, you know, it depends on what happens on Monday, you know, and that's kind of more how I am. But some people need that and really thrive under that predictability of structure. And uh, I think there's probably something to that. We need to do more of that around here. I think it's just kind of, Who's this personality? Who might they map might they map up well with? I was at Dave Ramsey's office in Tennessee here a few years ago, and they actually keep posted on everybody's desk when you're hired. They put you through a personality profile test, and they've got it displayed on the door as you walk in. So everybody knows your personality style, but more importantly, they know how does my personality style interact with somebody with that style. So they're all trained on how to work with people who have the other three styles that aren't theirs. Sure. <laughs> And so they know how to interact better. You know what you're getting yourself into. Do I start with a story and a hug here? Or do I get right to the facts, get in, get out? You know, like different personality right. styles require different types of interactions. And um, I, yeah, I, th and I see his head in more in that direction, possibly. And I'll say, I mean, that is so true about me, but I also have to fight against it. I don't know. I, I haven't read all of it, but I'm, I just started reading E-Myth. And I think for me, because I am so structured, I can live in that technician realm very easily. And I have to fight that to be entrepreneur mindset. And so, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes, but it's good, just self-awareness of this is where I know my strengths are. And this is where I have to really push myself to be more creative, inventive, you know, and, and yeah. lead in different ways. And I think you're doing that with your, what day was it? Thursdays. That's kind of the day that's like, probably you're out of your comfort zone day where you kind of force yourself to do that. Right. For me, that'd be the fun day. Like zero results at the end of the day is just fine. I'm going to go explore, daydream, think. I might just park my car and just think about things for a while. And, and that's when the good stuff hits me. And, and I've come to trust those days. I thrive. The days that drive me nuts are the administrative. Like, okay, I've got 15 boxes to check and they got to be checked. To, like, oh, what a drudgery that day is. You know, sure. somebody like, look, I checked 15 boxes. It was an awesome day. So I think we're identifying that it's kind of how different personalities can tackle this business. Mm -hmm. And still, like, I, I think the, the success 
mountain is a good word image that comes to mind. We can all climb it in different ways, but yeah. And there, of course, strengths and weaknesses with each personality type and recognizing that part of the journey. Great book recommendation, by the way, Michael Gerber's E-Myth. Great book. I love the illustration he uses. I've mentioned it before, and I know you know this, but for the listener's sake, he talks about um, someone who's really good at making pies as an example. He's like, hey, you should start a pie business. And they think, well, yeah, I'm great at making pies. So let's go into the pie business. I, that sounds great to me. But they very quickly realize that making pies is very different than having a pie business. Making good pies is just one of 50 things that go into having a successful business. And uh, you can't just be the technician. You can't just be the, the big... You've got to think like an entrepreneur. Right. And Great book recommendation for sure. So what else is on your list? Was there anything else that you wanted to be sure to dive into today but, uh, before we start to wind this one down? Yeah. A few things. Definitely. I have a a little list of things that I wanted to share. One of them is expect the unexpected. You know, part of this world is that sometimes Amazon's going to throw a curveball at us or, Mm -hmm. you know, any marketplace that we're working with might change up their rules or their policies. And you just have to stay flexible and remember that you can still climb that success mountain regardless of what those policies are. You know, for us in our first year of selling they told us that we couldn't sell toys because we were we were new sellers and they didn't want us to sell toys in Q4. And we just had to stay flexible. We still had a great Q4. And then last year with COVID, you know, making it so that we could only send in essential items, um, FBA made us do learn and push more into merchant fulfilling things. And, and so just staying flexible, staying adaptable and and trusting that it's all going to work out. And there's always a, a different way, a different avenue to pivot towards a different direction to try and it's still possible to, I, let me that. to illustrate that a little bit I, you know I've, in 20 years i've made some observations about the e-commerce industry and this is probably true in all industries but in e-commerce there's two or three sky is falling moments every year just expect them they're coming you go to bed that night like oh no this is awful you're going to have two or three a year. It's just the reality of this business. It reminds me a lot of when I, I coached um, younger kids in basketball. And I would tell them at the beginning of the game, we're going to give the refs three bad calls. And we're not going to react at all. They're going to make three terrible calls, minimum. Just expect it. And when it happens, I want you to look at me. You don't look at the ref. You don't complain to anyone else. You don't say anything. You just look at me. On the fourth one, I'll start talking to the ref. You don't, right? So I just prepared my team ahead. They're human. Absolutely. Circumstances are going to be out of our control. There's things we're not going to be able to control during this game or during this business that we're building. Uh, but I love how you said that. Just, just expect it. And there's always a way to pivot. That's the thing we've come to learn, as you stated so beautifully. There's always a way to pivot and switch directions. The relationships carry us through. We post in the Facebook group, hey, here's what I'm facing. Other people have faced it before. We're facing it together now. Mm-hmm. Right. So this opportunity is getting nothing but bigger and better. But there will be challenges. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Great point. And if you, if you want to mitigate it, the thing that I found to mitigate it a little bit is to just be diverse, be diverse in the places that you source and be diverse in the categories that you, you source and sell in. Because then if something happens to one of the places you source or one of the categories mm-hmm. you're selling in, it doesn't rock your whole boat because you've got all these other things going on that are going to lead, lead to success. That's right. In the, in the infancy of the e-commerce opportunity, you know, I mean, it's not that far back where no one had ever imagined using the internet to make an income. I was there for the genesis of that entire thought process. And eBay was the first big boy game. And we learned very quickly. Those of us who've been around, I'm aging myself at this point, but you know, those of us who were around 20 years ago when eBay was literally the only game in town really of any significance, 
when they would just shut down for two or three days at a time, we learned very quickly, you can't rely on a big boy platform for everything. You've got to have other things going on. And that's why we're a multiple income streams community. But Amazon is as reliable as I've ever seen. Nothing comes close. Just so incredibly reliable. But even there still, and as stable as it is, having other things going and don't try to do 50 things at once, bolt them down, and then over time, expand into other things. So you're illustrating these things beautifully. Great points. The next thing I would say is just a reminder that this isn't an easy business. This is not a get rich quick plan. It takes a lot of determination, a lot of focused effort. We, for a long time, took our shipments into UPS. And, you know, sometimes that would require three trips and two cars, but we were going into our local UPS store. And I remember one time one of them said, you know, we see a lot of people do this for a few weeks, maybe a few months. No one has done this for as long as you are doing this. And it was sort of funny and witty and we laughed at the time, but it's a great illustration that this this business does take a lot of effort and a lot of determination and motivation over time to be successful. It does. Yes. But that's the same rule of thumb for anything that you do worth doing in life, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> business is kind of the latest example. Uh, it kind of reflects the inter- internal discipline and leadership qualities that you're willing to go for. Yeah, great point. I love this list. It's almost like a really good book you should write. <laughs> the next thing I is I was going to point to is relationships. And I know that we you talk a lot about relationships on this podcast and how much they matter in this business. And I would just emphasize that, you know, I'm an extrovert. So so starting this business, it at first I was like a little lonely. Like this, it's just me working on this. And I quickly realized that it didn't have to be just me. And I also just love to invest in people. So whether it's my team, my virtual assistants, or my team here in person, just getting to know their stories, who they are, what their families are doing, how I can love them well, getting to know your cashiers. There's one cashier at a Walmart that I go to regularly and I'll wait in her line no matter how long the line is, because I love to hear about what's happening in her world and um, to just chat with her and, and hear how things are going. And then our UPS store and our UPS drivers, those are such easy places to have influence and to just appreciate people really well for helping you and your business be successful. Fantastic examples. And I'll add one thing to the list if I could, if you're a part of our Facebook group, we're quickly approaching 70,000 people around the world, most of whom are using Amazon as part of their income streams. But just using the internet creatively is kind of the general theme of our group. There's a link at silentgym.com. If you're in that group, there's a feature Facebook has now where you can see who lives near you that's in the same group. Jump in and check that out. As long as you've identified your hometown in your own personal bio on Facebook, Facebook will tell you, hey, in this group, here's the people who live near you. Reach out to them privately and say, hey, you know, let's get together. Let's hang out. Let's do... Let's do this business together. You may find some really good friends. Because one of the things I've discovered, Jessica, and, and I didn't realize this, but it's been it's thousands and thousands of year old rule. But in general, people who are able to build a successful, profitable business, we have a pretty similar character set of, you know, we're ambitious, we're ethical, we appreciate traditional family values, not across the board, not hundred percent all the time, but as a general rule. They're really great, solid, grounded people. People who are building profitable businesses are cool people. Who'd have thought? We've we've always thought of them as the bad guys in the movies, right? But in the real world, they're really cool people. So if you can find them who live near you in our group and others who have businesses even outside of Amazon, yeah, build your network and uh, relationships. Huge. Love that point too. Yeah. 
And the last thing I'll say is just about goals. I know we've talked about them, set accomplishable, accomplishable goals and celebrate them. And I would just add to that whenever possible, tie them into your personal goals, because that has been a huge driver and motivator for me. You know, when I think about how my income because of this business is affecting our family's goals and future, it motivates me even more because it's personal. That's fantastic. Can you give me an example of tying the two together? Yeah. So this is a very tangible example, but we would like to start a family one day. We'd like to have children. And so um, a goal that I set last year was that I would make the income that I wanted to make plus the cost of childcare as a way to say like, okay, we're getting closer to where we want to be financially to have, to think about having kids. And so that was a great motivator for me because I wanted to make the income I wanted to make plus pay for childcare. I love it. Great example. You are impossible to throw off, by the way. I can tell that you've spent time in front of people, especially the hardest audience imaginable, kids. Yes. <laughs> Very articulate. You'd shared off camera. I hope you don't mind me telling the listeners how yeah. nervous you were today. And you're like a seasoned pro. This was fantastic. <laughs> you did so great today. It was great getting to know you a little bit too. And excited to see where you and your husband... What's your husband's name again? His name is Justin. Justin. Excited to see where you guys are going on this journey and, and just great to be on this ride with you. You're really doing a great job. I keep hearing such great things from the coaching team about you and the work you're doing. And um, hopefully this encourages other people too on our team or people in the community that, hey, we want to hear your story. Come share your story. Come share some strategies that are working for you. We want others to step up. And just these are very valuable episodes where we just kind of dig into someone's life. How are they doing the business? How are they succeeding? What challenges are they seeing? And you did a great job today. Thank you, Jessica. Appreciate that. I'm super grateful. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, it really was fun. So I'm going to speak to the listeners for just a second before we wrap this one up. Thanks for hanging out with Jessica and I today. She's just one of a few dozen incredible people that I get to work with every day around here. If you can't tell, I'm in a room full of people way smarter than I am. I learned from all of them constantly. And it's such a pleasure. If you're interested in having one of these great people as a coach, maybe Jessica or someone else on our team, you can go to silentgym.com. There's a link to our coaching program there. Have a phone call with one of our consultants. We don't just take anyone with a credit card. We want to make sure it's a good fit. We're going to talk to you over the phone, over Zoom, and and just uh, make sure it's a good right next move for you. But if it is, we'd love to welcome you onto the team and put you... I think, Jessica, at this point, we've had over 7,000 coaching students. Nate told me a few weeks ago, which is just amazing. Just amazing. The most established e-commerce coaching program in the world, to my knowledge, because no one's been doing it as long as we have. You stick around long enough, you get the title. So that's pretty cool stuff. um, So for the listeners out there today who joined us, we consider you business building warriors. We're praying for you. We want you to succeed. We're here for you. I love Jessica pointed out, we work with you until you succeed. We take it seriously and we're here to serve you however we can on your e-commerce journey. So God bless you. And we'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Hey, before I go, one last reminder, Payoneer.com, a tremendous sponsor of this show. You can get 10% off your first fees by going to Payoneer.com slash funding. Tell them you came from our program. They're going to take good care of you. Up to $750,000 for Amazon and Walmart sellers. Hey, if you're needing some funding with some good flexible payback terms with no credit check, you're going to love these guys. Go check them out. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. 
Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.